Thank you for joining us on our podcast for Faith Center Church. We hope today's message builds you up and brings you hope right where you're at. Hope you enjoyed the message. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to John chapter 11. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation tonight. And I'm going to be talking about how to deal with disappointment. And it's not a take off last week's message. If you don't get your breakthrough, how do you deal with disappointment? That's, don't, read, don't read anything into that, okay? There's nothing to do with that. So you're going to get your breakthrough, amen? We're going to be reading verses uh, 1 through 5 to start off with. Father, I just ask that you bless this message. And every person that is watching online and that is here tonight, thank you for their sacrifice. Thank you for their time. Uh, to give to you in Jesus' name. Amen. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Notice they didn't say who it was. They just said your dear friend. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, he knew it was Lazarus. They said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. Know what happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Now I'm going to stop right there. Realize this, John is the writer here. And John lets us know that Lazarus is connected with Mary and Martha, who were very generous to Jesus. They hung out. They were a crew together. And when they sent word that, to Jesus that Lazarus was needed healing, they were kind of light, if you noticed in that scripture, on the details. They don't even call him by his name. But, you know, your friend's sick. The friend that you love is very sick. So John here is building an expectation about what is going to happen next. Who are the people in your life that you expect the most from? And I ask that question because... You generally expect the most from people you've done the most for. We just instinctively expect that. You know, I'll give you a good example. My kids who are grown now, live in their own, you know, have their own home, home with husbands, wives, and have their own lives going now. But when my kids were little, my kids didn't ask me for food. They expected me to feed them when they were hungry. They, ex- they expect their expectations to be met. And Jesus fits in both of these categories right here for Mary and Martha. So when they sent word that Lazarus wasn't doing good physically, they figured Jesus would be moved and would just feel their expectations. I mean, Jesus is doing miracles everywhere he goes. His friends, they have an expectation. We all sitting here today have expectations. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, please. And I'll say it a few times so you get it. Your expectations won't always match your experience when it comes to the things you expect from God. I'll say that again. Your expectations won't always match your experience when it comes to the things you expect from God. Write that down. You'll need that. I promise you one day or time in your life coming up pretty soon. Now looking down at verse 5 and 6. 
So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed. Everybody say stayed. He stayed where he was for the next two days. That's kind of rude, isn't it? He stayed where he was. John spends five verses getting our hopes up to see a miracle, but instead we see Jesus staying where he's at instead of going where he's needed to help people. If you really loved, he was very close to. Now, if you read that and you read it in the context of which it is written, you get a little disappointed. And one of the reasons that I was a little disappointed in that scripture is because a key word in verse 5 and 6. Look at, five, look, at, look at verse 5 and 6 again. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. It doesn't say, but although. It says, so he stayed where he was for two more days. Now that's, that's, that's key. He loved Mary, he loved Martha, he loved Lazarus, so when he heard he was sick, he stays. He stays two more days. That's not how it's supposed to go down. I mean, you're Jesus. You're our friend. We support you in everything you do. We cook for you. We take care of you when you're, when you're in the house. In this passage of Scripture, in my flesh, so what do you do when God, who speaks the last word, speaks a word you don't want to hear? Look at verse 7 through 17. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. His disciples objected. Rabbi, they said only a few days ago, the people of Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of the world. But at night, there's a danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus, notice it's our friend, has fallen asleep, not died. <laughs> not died. They said he died, but he said he's fallen asleep. But now I will go and wake him up. So he does love Lazarus. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping... He will soon get better because everybody knows if you're sick, you just need some sleep, right? You get better when you sleep. Sleep it off. Verse 13, they thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Verse 15, and for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. Now he's going to another level with this thing. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. I don't know why he said that. But... Oh, did he? oh, did he? Didymus. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Everybody say four days. And let me tell you why I say that. Because Jewish custom and Jewish belief back then was after the third day of death, the spirit had left the body. Okay? That's important. So Jesus waits until everybody knows. He waits so everybody knows that Lazarus is dead to accomplish everything he wanted to do. On the fourth day, Lazarus was dead. Spirit's gone. On the fourth day, Jesus says, 
this would be a great time for me to step in and raise him up right here. Now, clearly Jesus said a few verses ago, this sickness will what? Not end in death. But what happens? It does. But, but Jesus said it would, but it does. See, here's the thing. And, 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 and let me finish this statement before you stone me. Following Jesus can be disappointing sometimes. You didn't hear me wrong. Well, come on, Pastor. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Well, not today he's not. Not, not today. His friend died. Following Jesus can be disappointing. And that make, that, this whole thing, what I just said, will make sense to you in just a moment. So don't, don't, don't cast me out yet. Let me give you an example on a dress or an outfit in a store. There can be discrepancies. The way that clothes look on in a store, right? Have you ever put something on? I mean, personally, I haven't tried dresses on, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. And it looks different in the store than it does when you got home. It looks so good in that store. Especially if you go to a really nice store. I was, I don't know, probably four or five years ago, I was at 50th Pin Place in the city, and they have a Tommy Bahama store, and I love Tommy Bahama stuff. And they had a Tommy Bahama store, and I was trying clothes on, and I asked the guy in the store, I said, man, I said, why does this shirt look so good on me in the store and different when I leave the store? And he smiled, he looked at me, he said, it's the lighting. I said, what? He goes, he said, bro, they spend millions of dollars on light to hit the, these Tommy Bahama stores. The lighting is designed to hit the clothes to make you look 20 pounds lighter. And it works because I bought a slew of them shirts. But when I got my home, I thought to myself, I hope I never do that as a pastor. I hope we never do that as a church. You know, and people say, well, it's not over until we win. And I believe that. But what do you do if the test results don't improve and they die? What do you do if this thing doesn't turn out the way you thought it would turn out? Now, let me say this about this passage. Don't forget that although the Bible scholars in the room know that, knows that Lazarus raises from the dead, he still died. Mary and Martha, they don't have a clue what's coming next. They don't know that this passage ends with a miracle. Right now, he's dead. I mean, we know what happens, but right now, they don't know. They're disappointed in Jesus. He's supposed to heal, but he didn't. Jesus, the one that we love so much, that we've done so much for, hasn't returned the favor. I mean, he could have sent, I mean, he didn't have to come himself. He could have sent a healing handkerchief. He could have sent a word. And he, he did that for other people. And he healed them. He could have spit on some dirt like he did for the blind man, but he didn't even do that. It's disappointing, see? It's challenging. And something we don't like to discuss because we start thinking about stuff that we're going through. See, there's a, 
There's a disappointment factor when following Jesus in our flesh. Not in our spirit, just in our flesh. You can get disappointed. If someone, that, if someone told you that when you came to Jesus, there'd be no more problems, no more worries, no more stress, they lied to you. That's not the case, and y'all know that. You will have disappointments. Dreams may die. Opportunities may pass. But Jesus said it won't end in death. See, once you get out of the light of the store, you realize this doesn't look as good on me as it did in the store. Here's what's very interesting. All through Jesus' ministry, all through it, he disappointed people. He disappointed people, and he disappointed their expectations. Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know if I really believe that. Is that in the Bible? Well, let's see. They wanted him to be born in a palace, but instead, he chose a stable. A little disappointing. They wanted him to be born a man and a woman of natural union. Nope, virgin birth. Hmm, maybe a little disappointing to some people. Jesus was coming home with Mary and Joseph one time, and they looked down, and he's not there. And he run, they run back to the temple, and he, they find him in the temple, and he's arguing with the rabbi. They scolded him for it. Hey, you're our son. You do what we tell you to do. He said, i got to be about my father's business. I wonder if they were disappointed as a parent when they said that, when he said that to them. Jesus stood up in the synagogue and read from the scroll, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor and the recovery of sight to the blind. And people became furious when he said that. See what I mean about sometimes? It can be disappointing. You know why they got mad? Because he was speaking as a prophet. They didn't know him as a prophet. They knew him as Mary and Joseph's boy. They were disappointed because he wasn't fitting their box and expectations. When you don't fit people's expectations, you don't fit in that box anymore, you disappoint people. Peter was disappointed in Jesus. He wanted to be a general in the army of the living God, not the disciples to one that died. Jesus feeds the multitude with fish, with, with the fish and loaves in John 6. A few days later, they wanted to do it again, and he said, I'm the bread of life. I mean, what would it have hurt for him to do it one more time? He said, no, I'm the bread of life. I mean, come on, Jesus, you know, multiply the fish and chips again. We like that. Do, do that thing again. So, so sometimes it's disappointing to your flesh when you want it to be one way. But God says, we're doing something different. Because it's not always going to be done the way you think it should be done. That's what brings the disappointment. Because you had an expectation in one area, but God said, I'm going to do this thing different. Palm Sunday. See, the crowds were so disappointed in Jesus when he came into town the week of Palm Sunday. Think about it. They were cheering and yelling, Hosanna! Hosanna to the highest of the king! Hosanna! By the end of the week, what were they yelling? Crucify him! Crucify him! By the end of the week! Seems like everywhere he went, he was disappointing somebody. Everybody except the one he came to serve and please. 
So let's get back to Lazarus. When Jesus is explaining why he won't go to Lazarus right away, he gives us some insight behind the plan. See, it's disappointing when somebody executes a plan different from the way you think, you think they should do it, especially when they have all the power. And that's the case with Jesus right here. Sometimes when somebody has a different plan than you, it's because they have a different perspective than you. Watch this. Look at John eleven four. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. Know it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive from glory from this. Most of the time, God's plans don't match our plans. How many of you have ever been believing God for something and you believe it's going to happen one way and God does it a totally different way? Happens to me all the time. Most of the time, God's plan, God's way of doing things doesn't match ours. It's so much better. But we're disappointed in the expectation of what we think, you know, they should be and the way he should do it because God's perspective is so much different from our perspective. Now, let me say this. When it comes to our relationship with God, if anybody's expectations should be disappointed, it's Jesus's. Because I don't know about you, but I disappoint him daily. I disappoint him a whole lot more than he disappoints me. Come on. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't hurt when bad things, you don't have the right. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt when you get disappointed. I'm not saying you don't have the right sometimes to wonder why God, how God, and when God. I'm not saying that. So some, some, I was speaking with someone the other day, and they said, I know it's not right to question God. I said, where did you hear that? And they kind of looked at me. And I said, I can show you all throughout the Bible where people not question God, ask God questions. I said, you shouldn't question God, but it's okay to ask God questions. I said, oh, I never thought of it like that. I said, yeah, you can ask God questions. But, you know, I, I get it. You don't supposed to question God, but you can ask questions. I'm saying even though they some, so sometimes in life we don't get what we want from God, the truth is we don't really want what we deserve from God. See, that's it. Think about the things he didn't punish us for that he punished his son for. See, that's a whole different perspective right there. I think probably the most important thing in bringing your disappointments to God is to realize by grace you have been brought into a relationship that is so much greater than anything you could have ever expected. So here's the thing. I may be disappointed, but I'm not as disappointed as I would be if God ever decided to give me what I really deserved. And that's the way you've got to look at it. Now, I, I, I know this isn't the shout me down message. I get that. But here's the thing. It's the shock factor that we need to hear and that we need to realize. It's because of grace that we are here. It's because of mercy that I can take my next breath. We don't deserve the life that we have. We don't deserve the breath that we just took. It's a gift. Job said this, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. So I have no choice but to set our feet, come on, on a rock. So, you know, excuse me, or don't excuse me either way, if I get a little excited during praise and worship. 
and I bounce my head back there on the drums. I, you know, excuse me. Excuse me if we lift our hands, if we lift our voice, if we're a little louder than somebody else. Because here's the thing. You don't know what that person's been brought out of. <laughs> be careful because you don't know what they come out of. I mean, it may not be your thing to do this. That's cool. That's fine. But be careful about saying, I'm judging somebody else because you don't know what they come out of. He brought me out. He brought me out and my, dis- my disappointment expectation of life has gotten so much better. See, I have joy every morning through my relationship with Christ. Not every other morning, not sometimes, not on Tuesdays and just Fridays. I have joy every morning. I choose to walk in joy every morning. You choose what you walk in. You choose the kind of attitude you're going to have that day. And I've, hey, I'll be honest, I've, cho- I've chosen some crummy attitudes before, and I didn't like the way it worked out. And you would think after I chose that crummy attitude, I wouldn't do it again, but I did. You know why? Because I'm human. We make mistakes. You know, I may be a pastor, but God hasn't given me the grace to live this Christian life anymore than he has you. Amen? It's all by faith. But it can be disappointing serving Jesus in the flesh. That's why we've got to look at everything through the Spirit. Because he has a bigger perspective that we can't see in the Spirit. When your expectations are disappointed and the plans of God didn't turn out the way you thought they should, look for his perspective. Ask him, God, what's your perspective on this? Look for his priority. Now, here's the thing. I can stop right here or I can keep going. You choose. Okay. I was going to anyway. <laughs> Look at John chapter 11, verse 18, 18 through 23. I just did that to break the ice. Verse 18, Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. Oh, I bet she did. And don't you know she had her hand on her hip? But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. There's no condemnation in that. There is it. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Now, there are two continuums here that Martha is caught between. The first one is the past. Look at verse 21 again. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been there, my brother would not have died. She's hanging her expectation on what would have been. Something that God didn't do. Watch this. Husband and father. You know, you, well, if my dad would have stayed around and raised me, maybe then I'd be a better husband and father. God, you know, you know, you knew my parents were abusing me, and you, you could have stopped them. And if you would have, maybe I wouldn't be so messed up. I expected more from you. Hanging our expectations on past events. Look how Jesus responds here. This is awesome. Look at verse, oh, I'm sorry. There is no verse. You know why? Because Jesus didn't respond. (laughs) And it leads to Martha to a whole different conclusion. Look at verse 22. I was messing with you a little bit there. Verse 22, but even now, as late as you are, 
I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Verse 23, Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. She's talking about the future. She's like, I know he's going to rise. She's talking about the future, but watch this. She's talked about the past. My expectation was you would come when we sent for you. If you would have, then it could have. And if you would have, then we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in right now. She is divulging her expectation to the future. Big time, right here. The devil loves this. Martha looked at Jesus and watch, watch it said, you should have been here. It wasn't supposed to happen like this. You should have been here. But I came out to meet you because I still think that you can do something about this. Can't change the past. He's been dead for four days. And I can't control the future. But I believe your presence in this situation. You can't change the past, church. You can't control the future. You must depend on his presence in your situation. That's what's happened. Because God can still turn things around. Miracles still happen. I don't, know, I don't know if you know this or not. We still believe miracles take place in this church. See, when you stop looking for a way out of the situation and start looking for a way, God can bring you through the situation. How's God going to bring me through this? How many times are we guilty? God, get me out of what I just went through. Because chances are you're probably going through something you're going through because a big piece of stupid you did. If you're like me, you know, if I hadn't done that, I probably wouldn't be in that situation. But now I'm asking God, can you get me out? That's a whole other sermon, but we'll stop. Well, I won't go there. Jesus said, this sickness is not going to end in death. Lazarus did die, but Lazarus didn't stay dead. Here's the thing. My expectation is not built on something. My expectation is built on Jesus. That's why I will never be disappointed when I put my expectation in Jesus. I'll end with this tonight. Write this down. The scene of your greatest disappointment. Write that down. The scene of your greatest disappointment could be the setting of your most powerful miracle. Write that down. The scene of your greatest disappointment. You, whatever it is. You're, you, you build the scene. The scene of your greatest disappointment could be the setting of your most powerful miracle ever. Listen, this ain't nothing but a setup. God's setting you up to bless you, to bring you through, to do some powerful things in your life and in your future and all around you, in your family. You're believing for some things. I've I, I been the same way. I've gone through disappointment. I understand, and I'm not minimizing, as Pastor Manny always says, I'm not minimizing what you've been through. But I'm telling you, when you look at the situation, you'll be disappointed at how Jesus is handled, just like Mary and Martha was. Because they looked at the situation. They didn't look to who he was. And that's our biggest fault. We looked at the situation 
We don't look to who he is. We don't look to what he could do. You know? I, there's there's a, a good friend of my brother here who been with the company for years, nine years, and he got he got he got laid off. But you know what? He, this guy's an incredible welder, and he's stepping into something right now that is going to do very well for him financially. What could have been his greatest disaster is going to turn out to be one of his greatest blessings. It doesn't matter. It does matter. I mean, I don't, I don't mean like, like that. I care. But it doesn't matter what you go through. You've got to realize this. Something greater is, is beyond the horizon for you. It's beyond the horizon for you. And what the enemy wants us to do is focus on where we're at, focus on our circumstance, focus on who's talking bad about me, focus on what's going on, focus on what's not happening. The Bible says, he who waits on the Lord will renew their strength. Wait. Step back and wait. And you've heard me say this before, wait like a waiter waits tables. Don't stop doing stuff. Stay busy. You know, come to church, serve, do whatever you can to do, you know, whatever you can. But be patient in areas of your life where you're wanting that breakthrough. Because I, I've tried the I've tried the old, you know, I'm gonna make it work and I'm gonna make it happen, and you know, I'm a man and here I go. And then no deeper in the hole than I was before. Because I'm gonna make it happen. No, just wait. If you'll have some patience which all you know I'm short on. If you'll have patience, God will get you through. And the blessing you have will far outweigh what you ever thought you could have. Amen? I hope you got something out of this tonight. I hope you got something out of this tonight. I'm going to pray right now. Father, I pray for people that are here tonight, Lord, people that are watching online tonight. Lord, thank you they take time out of their day to come to church, to be faithful, and Lord, I know that means something to you. It means something to me that they would take time out of their day to do that. And those that are taking time out of their, of their night to tune in and watch online but can't be here. Lord, I pray you bless every single person here tonight and watching online. Father, we, we have a lot of expectations as, as human beings. But Father, I thank you that we have learned tonight that we take our eyes off the circumstance and put our eyes upon you. That, Lord, what may look dead, what may look over, will never happen. Lord, you're going to come and resurrect. And, Lord, we, we ask that you do it your way, not our way. Because your way is so much better. Lord, extend to us patience to praise you, worship you, be faithful to you, no matter what's happening around us or even in us, Lord God. That, Father, you are the author. You are in control. Father, we have given you our lives. That's not just a good statement. We have given you our lives. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are going to raise us up in maybe our darkest hour. Bring us through. Lord, allow us to be ministers to others that may be going through difficulty. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said... Amen.